This is Very Public Affairs, the podcast of the Centre for Corporate Public Affairs. Hello and welcome to Very Public Affairs. I'm Joseph Burke from the Centre for Corporate Public Affairs. On our pod this week, we catch up with Centre Executive Director Wayne Burns to talk about corporate apologies, the occasions on which corporations or public entities say sorry to their stakeholders or the public for errors, bad decisions, poor behaviour, accidents or judgments indifferent to community expectations. During the interview, we talked about reputation issues and corporate apologies, when an apology should be made, and a few case studies of some of the best and worst recent corporate apologies. We also discuss how to make the apology. How do you turn a difficult situation into a reputation positive for the corporation? In what circumstances do corporations and large organisations need to make apologies? Corporations really have to make that judgement for themselves. Apologies are best offered when uh, the organisation, the corporation or the agency of state, the entity, uh, understands that uh, something has gone wrong that's affected stakeholders. They might be customers, they might be employees, they might be suppliers, uh, general members of the community. Uh, so an apology uh, is best made when the organisation uh, believes that something has gone awry, that something has gone wrong, and that it needs to apologise. And, and an apology is best offered before it needs to be asked for as well. If you're at the stage of uh, an issue in the issue cycle where uh, stakeholders are demanding an apology because you haven't made one, you're pretty sure then then you're behind the eight ball. Um, and the best apologies, if, if often are freely and offered early, are the most effective apologies. So is there a formula to making a corporate apology? There is a formula to making a corporate apology. It depends what you're apologising for, what you're saying sorry for. It may be um, a small uh, issue, and the formula for that is that uh, if it is a small issue, you don't necessarily need the most senior people in the organisation making the apology. It might be a a short disruption in service, or it may be that uh, um, you're an organisation that delivered a day or two late um, uh, a good or service that wasn't essential. Uh, so the formula for that is whoever's responsible, the executive responsible uh, for that uh, service or uh, good uh, not being up to scratch uh, should make that apology. If the incident or if the issue is bigger, if it's inconvenienced a lot of people, if it's disrupted uh, a lot of businesses, uh, critical businesses, uh, if it's put communities in danger or individually dangerous, or if it involves injury or loss of life, uh, then it's the, the CEO who usually needs or the most senior person in the organisation responsible for the area um, that uh, created or generated the impact. Uh, that is the executive that needs to be saying sorry. But um, by rule of thumb, you don't have a customer service representative saying sorry to stakeholders because of a major injury or loss of life or a very severe product contamination. Uh, community expectations uh, around social licence to operate uh, are that the people who are paid the big bucks are those who have ultimate responsibility. That's where the buck stops, so to speak. And uh, it's the most senior people in the organisation, the uh, CEO, or if it's a publicly listed company, the CEO and the chair of the board who makes the apology. We've seen in the financial services sector, just to take that for an example, over the last couple of years, that when there have been major issues that have affected uh, customers or where customers um, have been found to 
uh, be deliberately misled or just de- deliberately financially uh, disadvantaged. Uh, in those cases, uh, there's a big reputation issues. In those cases, it's uh, often been the CEO of the bank or financial services company and the chair as well that has made the apology uh, to the community. And to what degree do legal issues prevent organisations from sometimes offering an apology? Look, it's important to have the lawyers involved when you're uh, putting an apology or an approach and apology uh, together. Um, it's, it's often hard for organisations to say sorry because they think, well, we know what happened and we know the efficacy of our products and services and we know our decision-making. So, um, you know, line manager a lot of the time was saying, well, we don't need to deliver apology. And the lawyers will often say, well, if you provide an apology, you're accepting uh, liability. That's not always the case. There, there are different ways um, to, to apologise for, for hurt or harm that you've done um, or for disadvantaging people or inconveniencing them. An over-legalistic approach very rarely works. A good formula for uh, an apology uh, that you may want to make because it aligns with your values, and, and we'd recommend values really need to be taken into account uh, if an organisation knows it's done something wrong um, and it has... Uh, generated harm or negative impact on stakeholders. And a formula around that usually is, well, by all means involve the lawyers, but you can readily say that we're not sure how this incident occurred or how this issue developed. Uh, We're going to actually look at that very closely or hold an inquiry or get to the bottom of it. Um, But until we do know, and even until we do know whether we're involved or not or whether we've actually caused uh, the incident or the issue or not, um, you can say, well, that doesn't matter at the moment. We'll figure that out further down the track. But um, we'd just like to to say sorry for any inconvenience or any hurt or any injury, um, whether or not we caused it. Um, There's going to be a time when we know whether we've actually caused it or not. Um, if you're not sure, but you'd like to be able to say, uh, um, we apologise uh, anyway. We don't care whose fault it is at the moment. Um, we just want to make sure either our customers or our suppliers or what, who other stakeholders are involved know that we, uh, that, you know, they have our uh, deep felt um, uh, empathy and also have um, our understanding that they've been inconvenienced. Now, if it's a major incident or a, a crisis that has actually caused injury or death, um, that is very serious and um, you'll definitely want the lawyers involved and they'll want to be uh, involved. But the human expectation from the community is that if people have been injured or hurt, um, the organisation, um, even if it's thought to be involved, is saying, look, you know, we're, we're sorry, we're not sure whether we are involved. Again, we'll find that out later on, but this is what we're doing at, at the moment. So... What's the reputational impact of a corporation or government making an apology or not making an apology when the community or a section of it believes that one is due? It's a tricky road to working out what the reputational impact's going to be for making an apology, especially if you're not sure whether the organisation is entirely responsible for what's happened, whether it be an issue or event or, or an impact, um, especially a serious uh, one that's you know, cause loss of business continuity or injury or and, and loss of life um, or, or damage to a habitat or an environment. I think the literature shows 
and that experience shows uh, that organisations that provide themselves almost with the benefit of the doubt are saying, look, we're not really sure what's happened yet, um, uh, but if we're where we are, you know, if we are responsible, uh, we're sorry. And if we're not responsible, we're sorry for the impact on on people, or the habitat, or the environment. There's less reputation skin to be taken off uh, elbows and knees if that approach is taken as the de rigueur approach. So that's saying sorry for the impact without necessarily accepting legal liability uh, for it. Now, that can be a lot more reputationally advantageous for an organisation than uh, clamping up and uh, not saying sorry or not issuing uh, an apology, even if if you're not sure. Um, That can be more advantageous than being caught in a situation where you're being called on to make an apology and that your reputation is suffering because you haven't made an apology um, and there's no human face uh, to the apology. And that's one important thing about reputation, corporate reputation apologies as well, is that the organisation offering the apology uh, needs to do so by offering a warm body, another human being, to make that apology, issuing a statement or issuing um, some bit of legal uh, gobbledygook uh, is going to be, uh, by rule of thumb, worse for the company reputationally wise than some uh, human saying Look, we, we, we understand the, the pain, we understand the inconvenience, we understand um, the business disruption and we're working to make sure it happens again. Uh, that at least can neutralise or stem negative reputation impact. So having that human face is very important indeed. What are some examples of a large organisation making an apology that satisfied its stakeholders and that didn't damage its reputation? In terms of apologies, there's a famous one uh, given by a BP executive in North America um, a couple of decades ago, and it uh, it was in uh, relation to uh, an incident at a a plant. Uh, There was an explosion and people and uh, property uh, were damaged, people were injured and some people were killed. Uh, it was, you know, in the degree of corporate incidents, it's about as bad as it uh, uh, could get with a loss of human life and injuries. And the senior executive uh, fronted the media uh, and then communicated to employees um, along the lines of, look, my lawyers have said to me that um, uh, we don't know what happened, so if we say sorry, we're accepting liability for this. Um, what the executive said, well, we're not sure what happened yet. Um, but until we're sure, we're going to act in a, in a way um, as if uh, we are responsible and uh, we're going to ensure that those affected um, have as much help uh, as possible and as much support as possible. There will be a time to apportion blame and to get to the bottom of what happened, but this is what we need to do right now. So that's saying sorry and offering an apology but not accepting uh, legal liability. Uh, that's one good example of an organisation that then came out of that incident with a reputation that was a bit stronger uh, than it went into it because it was very upfront. Um, it was a human face also to that apology. Uh, probably an organisation that hasn't done it so well in the recent past has been Facebook and uh, its data breaches uh, over uh, a number of uh, events over t- in 2017, 2018. 
And that's a company that uh, some would say was almost, you know, drag kicking and screaming uh, to make an apology. And that had a negative impact on Facebook's share price, uh, on its employee engagement, and on uh, the reputation of the organisations with its users and advertisers. So it had a material effect on the organisation. So working out how you're going to or how you can make an apology for issues and events that uh, you map as being pretty likely, uh, number one, is good preparation. Um, But number two, it just means you can go at very quickly as well. And organisations who are quick off the mark once they've found that something has happened and take the initiative themselves um, to say sorry, to to apologise... Um, and saying the word sorry uh, with posit is, is, has more Im- impact than apologise. Apologise seems um, a bit remote. Uh, if you're sorry, you're sorry. Uh, and after sorry, there's an expectation of actually well, what's the organisation doing to make sure it doesn't happen again. And that needs to be part of the, um, uh, the process for saying sorry as well. Part of the corporate apology is, okay, we are sorry, um, but what are you going to do about uh, this issue or this event to ensure that it doesn't happen again? Are there reputational downsides to a company or public entity offering an apology to its stakeholders? It's often a question of whether there's a downside for saying sorry to stakeholders. There are instances of major corporations saying sorry and then uh, finding that they weren't responsible for an event uh, or an incident. Uh, The experience of most senior practitioners that we've observed and that we've talked to is it's easier to say sorry for something uh, without taking legal liability and then to be found out that it wasn't you. Uh, That's easier to manage than um, refusing to say sorry for an event um, uh, or an issue that uh, you were responsible for and uh, everyone knows you're responsible for. So there uh, could be a downside for admitting for something you didn't do, uh, um, especially if it's a major uh, incident. Um, or a major uh, impact of, of the company on on continuity of business or on the lives of people, or impact on an environment. Uh, so you need to be you need to be pretty careful. Uh, um, saying sorry is just not something we'd recommend you do willy nilly. Try to have the facts there. If the facts can't come together quick enough, um, act as if you are sorry and uh, do as much as you can for your uh, affected stakeholders. Uh, But again, the the rule of thumb is that if you found out, if you say sorry and you found out not to be responsible and there's no legal liability, you're in a better uh, reputation situation than if you didn't uh, say sorry uh, in the first place. Thanks very much for your time. You're always welcome, Joseph. If you enjoyed this episode of Very Public Affairs, subscribe in iTunes and leave a review. For more, visit the Centre for Corporate Public Affairs website at www.accpa.com.au.